Hey everybody, this is Only Dad's Podcast. We're coming to you on a Wednesday, February 21st. And we're going to be going over just kind of our day-to-day topics where something's new in our lives. I got some news to share for me. Uh, Ricky's got some news to share with him. Uh, So I'll kind of begin with saying that I decided uh, after a phone call with a friend that uh, I was going to potentially put my name in the hat for a position, elected position here locally. So with uh, last year, Texas uh, added to the ballot proposition four, and in that it increased the homestead exemption from the 40,000 to a hundred thousand. And in an amendment to that was adding three elected positions to the board of directors for the appraisal district. And that was to be elected this year, this in, in uh, May, that's when the, the election is supposed to be. So, and after looking at the duties and responsibilities of the position, I decided that, hey, this is, might be a good fit. It's a countywide position. They're all at large. So when I went to file, I had to pay a $400 filing fee. I had to appoint a treasurer first, and then I did a filing fee. And then I got it notarized, and the lady there at the county office notarized it. She was real sweet. Her name is Marsha. She's a real sweet lady. And I paid my money, and I was officially like on the on the ballot. Now I did wait till the last day, February 16th was the filing deadline to file. And when I filed, I was like, okay, someone still has till the end of the day to file, like in that same position that I had decided to run for. And when I came Monday morning, the local news station, WTAW, they ran the story and said that uncontested race, uh that I would the position I ran for is uncontested. So that means potentially that I won't have an opponent. Like that, that's exactly what it means. But there's such thing as a write-in candidate that's possible. So it wasn't hundred percent that I would be in the position. And basically what the duties are, you appoint the chief appraiser, you approve settlements, agreements, you hire contract, you approve contract services, you approve the biannual reappraisal plan, and you adopt the annual budget for the appraisal district. Question, how many appraisers are there? You said they added three, but how's how many? Yeah, they added three board of directors to serve on the board. There's a nine-member board. Okay. Five five of the positions are appointed by the county from – so you have one is from the tax – each taxing authority. City of College Station is one. The school district, Bryan Independent School District is one, another one. College Station Independent School District is another one. The city of College Station, city of Bryan, and the county. And then the three elected positions and then the chief appraiser is one. Mm. She's, uh, she, uh, she, there's only one chief appraiser that is in the appraisal district, but there's a lot of like uh, lower level people who go out and are the ones who actually look at the, assess the property and come up with the property values. That's something that we don't do is we don't do the property values. Uh, and that's kind of was when this, this amendment was added to proposition four, uh, that was kind of the pushback on it was that, well, how, 
because in Texas, you know, big property savings, no one likes to pay taxes. Yeah. How does that lower taxes? And in a way, it doesn't. It doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. We don't yeah. we don't do none of that. But it, what it does do, you can appoint, you can be one vote on the board to appoint a member to that yeah. the ARB board. And that ARB board, if you follow the podcast, you know you go before them when you protest your taxes, your property yeah. taxes. And these are local citizens who are appointed to serve in that position as a volunteer unpaid. And those, and I, and I vividly remember, because I I protest my taxes every year. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. And we talk about it all the time. And each year, I, I'm, I'm, I'm usually not successful. But this last year, I was successful. And I think the only reason that was, was because there was new members on that board. And I saw some new blood, like the, the usual people always do it. They're, uh, they there weren't there's a couple still left, but there were some new faces. And when I presented my evidence and I made my case and I plead my case, they heard me and they agreed with me and I was able to get my my taxes lowered. So in that sense, you could potentially just for those who protest their taxes, uh, if you have a good case and you present the right evidence that you have a better shot at getting your taxes lowered in that sense. So. I think that's the only way that would happen. But for the most part, uh, it just kind of gives a voice to those who feel they didn't have a vote. So like the citizens who didn't feel like they had a voice on the appraisal district. Because, But we don't set the values. We don't have anything to do with it. But it's just something. And uh, I think it was kind of a opportunity for me. And when I when Monday rolled around, it, sh- it came out that I didn't have an opponent. And then today... I actually got a call from uh, someone at the county and she told me that we're not going to pull names because we're supposed to pull names tomorrow to see how it's going to be like how your name's going to appear on the ballot. But she said, since no one drew an opponent, we're not going to have the election. So you're going to be seated. So mm-hmm. I just found that out today. So that's like, so Thanks. I pretty much won the election and my first meetings in July, in July, the third Thursday of every month. So we'll probably be sworn in sometime in July if, if at that first meeting or if not sooner. So uh, that's kind of a little background about me and the local politics. I decided to kind of throw my name in hat. It's a countywide position. It's a serve as a board of director on the, for the appraisal district. So that's about me. Kind of, what about you, Ricky? Have you any questions on that before we move yeah, on to your? Just a couple of comments. You know, I think we talk about like big politics all the time, you know, uh, presidents, uh, you know, governors and, and things like that. But the local politics is probably going to be what impacts your life the most. And in Texas, property values are a big deal um, because there is no income tax. And I mean, just even in Georgia, you know, there's income tax. I don't pay because I'm a, as a service member, I was uh, a resident of Texas. Now I'm not. Now I have to. Now I have to pay Georgia taxes, but I won't make any income for a couple of years, so um, that shouldn't be an issue. But my property taxes are still Georgia taxes. Um, and what you're saying, it makes sense because the process of that, you know, when when we think about taxes, it's not just an arbitrary number by some person. There has to be a bunch of rules that these individuals go through to to get to that final number. And it sounds like you're you're the one or you are part of a three, three, three person team that's involved with not only the rules, but also to the money that goes into um, how we pay the individual appraiser that goes out there. And those nuances, I think that's a really good place to be because at the end of the day, I do think um, that is where, you know, whether it be 
you know, corruption or whether it be like a pat on the back or like a kickback, things like that can happen. And you could see that and you could, you could snuff it out, you know, um, or, or just in general too, like you, there's going to be room for improvement in any kind of government position. And, you know, you're the type of person, I think that's going to be able to see that right away, uh, mm-hmm. especially coming in. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's awesome, man. Uh, you're gonna have to keep us updated on what you do because, um, I'm definitely interested and I've always, it's, it's, I, I'm not where I want to be yet, uh, to run for something, but I always have to ham, hand my hat off to you because you're always just going for it. And that's fucking awesome. I remember telling, um, who was I telling? I think I might've been telling, uh, somebody and I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rafa, the, the guy I do the podcast, so if he just run, he just won this other election, he was running uncontested in there. And, you know, it reminds you, or it should remind us all that there are so many different positions like that, that are, that are important that aren't mm-hmm. super sexy, right? They're not the mayor, right? It's not the governor, but there's so many positions. And if you're young and you, you have a little bit of fire in your belly and you want to get, get in there and start doing something like, Hey man, how about you don't make a TikTok? How about you don't go on Facebook and rant, actually go out there, put your name down on something and maybe you can make a change. And like, that's how real things happen in, in our everyday life, uh, especially local politics. That's, that's it. That's pretty cool. Um, but so last uh, last podcast, I alluded to a trip that I wanted to do. If anybody has seen the movie, it's called The Way. It has uh, Martin or Emilio, I think, Emilio Estevez. Anyway, it has Martin Sheen. The Mighty Ducks, man. Yeah, it, Martin Sheen, I think is what it is. It has Martin Sheen. And uh, anyway, so he, the movie revolves around him and his son. His son leaves for Spain and does a backpacking trip called uh, El Camino de Santiago de Compostela, which is the way of St. James of Compostela. Um, And so the son ends up dying on this trip and the dad goes to Spain to retrieve his body. And as the dad goes to Spain to retrieve the ashes, he decides to finish the trip uh, that his son was doing. And along this trip, he finds, you know, a little bit of peace along the along the route. Um, The movie is pretty old. I think it came out in 2012. Um, and I never heard about it, uh, about the, it's called El Camino. I never heard about the Camino. Uh, and then a buddy of mine, uh, Fearborn, we've had him on the podcast. He, he did it on bike and, uh, he told me about it whenever we were in Germany and it's something I've always wanted to do, but for the longest time I haven't been able to do it. Right. I haven't had the time. Now I'm going to do it. And I looked up some tickets to Spain. It's pretty, not pretty cheap, but they're manageable and, it should expenses should be cheap. So the plan right now is to fly from Atlanta to uh, Barcelona. And then from Barcelona, there's a four hour train that's $30. That'll take me to the beginning of it um, because it's a lot cheaper to fly to Barcelona. Um, and then when I get to my starting point, which is San Sebastian, uh, it's like basically where Spain and France meet. And it's an 800 kilometer trek. So that comes out to be 500 miles. So 500 miles, I'll walk from, uh, San Sebastian all the way to um, Santiago de Compostela. The history behind it is pretty cool. Uh, if you do care about it, it's, um, you know, St. James, one of the apostles. Um, one of the last things that Jesus Christ told him was to go spread the word around the world. So he went to Spain. He went to Spain and he began not he didn't begin the church, but he, you know, basically was responsible for raising up the Catholic Church in Spain. Uh, after a couple of years, he decided to go back to Jerusalem um he was killed there and 
there were Spanish priests that went to Jerusalem to retrieve his body and bring it back to Spain. Um, and during that, lots of pilgrims from all over Europe and the Middle East would walk to see his body um, at the temple of, uh, you know, St. James. And that pilgrimage slowly over time became a thing that was um, about, um, you know, penance, kind of like suffering for your sins kind of thing. And uh, it ended up being a, like a spiritual thing that lots of people do. And when I did, I looked into a little bit more of the history. People have been doing it for a thousand years, literally a thousand years. Um, there are very dedicated pathways. There's, uh, you know, stone monuments along the way. Um, apparently, again, I don't know any of this for sure because I haven't done it, but there's hostels that are dedicated only to the pilgrims that do this trek. So, um, you know, imagine a hotel, but no one can stay there except for pilgrims. Um, and the statistics are pretty crazy. It ends up being about uh, 200,000 people do it every year. So it's wow. a lot of people. Yeah. And How long it, does it take? So good question. Um, there ends up being about 30 different routes you can take. So, you know, it, it's all over Europe. So there are some routes that start from France, like deep in France and go through Spain. Uh, most of the routes are in Spain. Uh, and then there are some routes that are in Portugal. So like imagine all these um, like, you know, lines going to one point. So it depends on which one you want to do. Uh, some are small, some are longer, obviously. But the one that I want to do, the one that starts in St. Sebastian is uh, 500 miles. And that's going to take about 30 days. And you know, it depends too. So one of the reasons I want to do it is because for the last, you know, 10 years, I've been so fucking high strung. I've been so goal oriented. So like, Hey, get it done by this time, this way. Uh, I've been a planner. I've been a professional planner and I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, you know, I'll get anxiety if things aren't going uh, a certain way. It just, I, I just doesn't, I don't feel good about it. And it could be something simple like, Hey, where are we going to go eat? We don't know. Like, well, what do you want to eat? Let me look at the restaurant. Let me call them. Let me see at the menu. Let me see you know, if they have seat, they take reservations, like that's how my mind works. And, uh, and I, and I know it's good for some things. It really is. Right. That's great for things. I think. Yeah. If, if you're planning a military operation and you're in charge of stuff, that's how you want to be. You want to mm -hmm. be able to think about every tiny detail because that's how it, it becomes successful. Uh, the danger, uh, comes in when those wires get crossed with everyday life. And, uh, you know, and then for the last 10 years, you know, it's been up or down, but really for the last five years, I think it's been uh, the wires have been crossed. So like, I'll be really uh, anal about things in normal life. And I was okay with it uh, for a while, but now that I'm out of the army, I kind of want to reset that. Right. Um, I know part of that's always going to be with me, but hopefully I use it when it's appropriate and not just for, for, for anything. Right. Um, and so that's why I'm doing this trek, uh, this pilgrimage to basically, I don't think I could go and start from a city and in another city and plan every single thing out. I, I think it's, I just think it's impossible to do it that much because one, yeah. these hostels that you stay at, they don't take reservations. It's first come first serve. Um, and second, uh, there, it sounds crazy, but there is no, uh, um, there is no price. It's all based on donations. So that's another aspect of like, what, like that just sounds weird to me, to, to me as a person, I'm just like, I don't like that at all. Like just tell me the price, tell me I got it. That makes me happy. But this is, is I'm kind of like forcing myself to go along this. And there are some places like I could just get a hotel in the regular city along the route, right? The route has normal cities in it. Um, but I'm not going to do that. I'm purposely going to go into it with no, um, no itinerary. Obviously, mm -hmm. like physically, I'm in shape and I have the equipment 
Um, like I, I accumulated lots of hiking gear over the last however many years. Um, I'm in good health. I'm, I'm going to be fine there. And plus I'm not an idiot. Like I know my way around foreign countries. Um, but in terms of like planning things out, I'm just going to take it on the whim. If I want to stay in a city for three days, I'll just do that. Um, and it's really popular and hopefully everything goes well, but I'll update y'all actually on that, but it's going to be, um, I have my dates down to the last week of May, which is, uh, probably going to be the 27th of May. And then I'll land the 28th the next day. And then probably about two days later is when I'll start the actual trek. There, there, I read that people recommend waiting a couple of days to uh, recuperate from jet lag and then hitting it. Yeah. How long, how long is the flight from Atlanta to Barcelona? So it's weird. The flight that, and I haven't booked the flight yet because um, I'm waiting for the last check to come in, but um, the flight takes me from Atlanta to Calgary, Canada, which makes no fucking sense because it's the opposite direction, opposite direction. Calgary is like the Western part of Canada. And then from Calgary, it goes straight to Barcelona. Um, and then that trip's 10 hours. So that the, the big one will be 10 hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Oh, hey, you ever wanted to do business first class or business class? I was thinking about that. I was thinking because, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to, you know, sleep like shit in tiny mm-hmm. hostels for the next 30 days. I'm just going to have a lot of like discomfort. Why not splurge on a ticket? Um, but if I'm gonna do that, then I'll probably, you know, get like Delta because this flight, t- this flight that I saw is like, it's like Canada's equivalent of like spirit. You know what I mean? Like they don't. Yeah. 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 So, How are you talking about? so I don't know yet, but, the, but either way, the tickets are looking like, you know, the cheapest I saw was 1500, uh, and it goes to about like 2000. So like, that's the range, uh, for round trip. Uh, so, you know, not, not cheap, but definitely manageable. Uh, and I already got a passport. I had a passport for so long now. Uh, I renewed it last year, actually. Uh, and I didn't I didn't think about this trip when I was renewing it. I just knew I wanted to do something, whether it was an emergency happens and I got to go to Canada to pick up Tom, you know, or um, fucking, I don't know. I, I want to go to Mexico out of a whim and now you need your passport to get in and get out. Um, so I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to renew it. And then... Yeah, I mean, I'll take a little bit of cash with me because most of these places won't take most of Europe doesn't take card. They're big on cash still. Um, maybe the, maybe COVID changed that. I don't know. Uh, I haven't been there since. But yeah, I'll take a little bit of cash. I'm gonna have one of those like neck wallets. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That way I, that shit doesn't get stolen. I'll like throw it in. Um, and then, you know, yeah, I'm just I'm going to get those stupid walking sticks. You know what I mean? Those fucking poles. Fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like 30 days, man, 500 miles. Like I, I, I my knees are going to be screaming. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to get some help. That's something. Hey, I think I, I like that you're doing that. And you kind of, you're always kind of the wild one to literally you went on a whim, went, did a pil not a pilgrimage, but you did uh where'd you go when you met Haley, Katie, Katie, Ecuador. Ecuador, you went to Ecuador. I was like, that was just random. You just told us like, Oh yeah, I'm going to Ecuador. I'm like, what? Why? And I remember <laughs> you, when you got there, you were like freaking out because the lady was like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of scared me a little bit. He was telling you, "Well, Ricky is like, well, you like, you like, what's going on? It's a little seems hey, very sketchy. It was sketchy, but it all worked out. It kind of worked out. But uh, it, I like that you kind of take those trips and kind of live life literally to the fullest. So I, you know, safe travels, and I hope you kind of find what you're looking for on that journey because that's a that's a tough journey, 500 miles. That's 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 insane. Uh, but I know if anybody's gonna could do it, it'd be you. So, 
you know, safe travels on that. That's awesome, man. And hey, it's like if anybody's kind of listening to us, it's, you know, if you have any dreams or you you have like goals or aspirations, you know, every, it's small steps, you know, to, to achieve them. Just kind of you got to take that leap of faith, so to speak, and just go for it. Uh, if it's whether it's running for something or if it's taking a journey, uh, a pilgrimage to Barcelona, Spain and going exploring, backpacking through Europe, you know, whatever that is. If you feel like that's something you always wanted to do and you decided not to or, you know, hey, kind of use us as a guide, how, you know, our thought processes and everything with Ricky is lined up perfect for him. He's he's just got out of the army. And he's about to start law school in the fall. So this is kind of the time that he can do that. So obviously you got to make sense on that end, but uh, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to postcards and pictures and the snap. But uh, guys, um, this is only that's podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in as always. If you have any tips, comments, or suggestions, reach out to us at only that's podcast at gmail.com. And please rate us five stars where applicable.